Having run a podcast on Jesus films for over a year now, it's perhaps something of an oversight that Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ has not been covered until now. At the same time, so much has already been said, praising, criticising, discussing and dissecting the film, that it begs the question, what is left to say that hasn't already been said? Almost everyone would admit that The Passion is an unusual film. It's certainly surrounded by apparent contradictions. It's a work of loving devotion, yet incredibly violent. Subtitled, but popular with audiences rather than critics. Written in a dead language and an obscure language, yet it gained a massive audience. Traditionalist Catholic, yet embraced by huge numbers of evangelicals. Preaching love, yet being accused of anti-Semitism. A meditation financed almost entirely by an action film movie star. It's hard to discuss this film without dealing with the question of whether the film is anti-Semitic. In some ways, I'm not entirely sure that that's the right question. As with any art form, film depends on interaction between the work in question and the viewer, and with such a diverse range of views on this whole question, many of which are held very strongly, it's not surprising that there is an equally diverse range of views. For example, for centuries passion plays have been used to incite anti-Semitic violence. It's no surprise, then, that many Jewish people who watched the film painfully aware of this broader context, were appalled by what they saw. Here again were the Jews cast as the bad guys. It's true that the Roman soldiers looked like brutes as well, but look at how the different leaders are depicted. Caiaphas is fat and dressed in a tacky-looking costume. He is often filmed in poorly lit settings and is surrounded by sycophants. By contrast, Pilate, who, according to Luke 13 and Josephus, was actually a vicious ruler, is portrayed as a clean-cut noble, a philosopher-in-waiting. He frequently looks deep in thought and speaks in calm, measured tones as he wanders around his bright and breezy linen-draped quarters. What would the film look like if the two actors had been given each other's roles, or if Pilate had been played by one of the soldiers who scourged Jesus? In other words, it's no wonder that the Jewish people are offended when they see their people portrayed in such a negative light. For many Christians, however, perhaps ignorant of that broader contents, the identity of Jesus' enemies is not particularly important. Sure, Jesus may have died in first century Judea, but there's little doubt in their minds that the same would have happened wherever Jesus had come to earth. In fact, whilst their focus is primarily on Jesus, Many would identify the Jews depicted in the film as standing for the wider world rather than any specific people group. Sadly, there is also a third category of people who are anti-Semitic, and this film, particularly because of the way it depicts the Jewish people of that time, will have found their negative stereotypes reinforced. Though the film did surprisingly well in some of the countries who oppose the state of Israel is perhaps, on reflection, not that surprising. I question whether a film in and of itself can be inherently anti-Semitic. As with all true art, as opposed to creatively presented propaganda, it depends very much on the perspective the viewer brings to it. The work, in a sense, really only exists between the piece and the person interacting with it. I'd like to add a footnote on the man responsible for much of the film's creative decisions, Mel Gibson, particularly as he and his father were the focus of much of the accusations of anti-Semitism, 
accusations that resurfaced after he allegedly made anti-Semitic remarks when arrested whilst drunk. Our parents have a huge influence on our views, and often, even though we might be appalled by those views, it can be a struggle to free ourselves from them. In the run-up to the movie, Gibson agnosticism is a sin, but as we all know, not falling into sin is much harder than acknowledging it. If Gibson's father is a Holocaust denier, then it's hard not to imagine that Gibson has been exposed to anti-Semitism from a young age, and this is bound to have affected his views. He is now, perhaps, wise enough to acknowledge the wrongness of those views, but it's not surprising if they leak out from time to time, much to his own horror. So it's perhaps not surprising that the depiction of some of the Jews in this film is a little troubling, or that... When out of control and under the stress of a very public arrest, he slips into that which he hates and fights to suppress within himself. Fortunately, his life is in the hands of the Jewish man who died to defeat the sin within us, even if it is often a long and difficult battle. As with the contradictions surrounding the movie, the film itself is a strange mix. Beautifully phot photographed, it's meditative yet bombastic. The violence is pushed to an extreme and enhanced further by the repeated use of slow motion and tweaking the sound to underscore the violent noises that would, ordinarily, be muffled by background noise. The promotional campaigns to churches stressed how realistic it was, but the word realism seemed to be little more than a euphemism for violent. Of course, Judas' crucifixion was violent, but we cannot be sure just how violent it actually was. Other areas of the film contrasted with the small amount of evidence we do have about how things might have happened. Jesus would not have carried a full cross and would probably have been crucified naked with the nails through his wrists and his ankles rather than through his hands and feet. Furthermore, any sense of realism is entirely abandoned by the physical presence of Satan in various scenes, the morphing of the faces of Jewish children, the deformed baby, and by the way the cross mysteriously levitates when Roman soldiers turn it over. Interesting, and in the case of first, the first example perhaps valid interpretations, but not realistic as such. But the film itself does have a lot going for it. The agony of crucifixion had been skipped over in many films before it. Of all Jesus films to date, Jesus of this film is perhaps the most believably human of all of them. From a technical point of view, the sets and locations are incredible. The makeup and effects are terrifyingly believable. Cinematographer Caleb de Chanel does a wonderful job of capturing the dramatic lighting of Caravaggio's paintings, and the use of ancient languages adds to the believability and prevents Jim Caviezel's accent being too much of a distraction. Time for one final contradiction. In a lot of ways, the film is the most similar to another Jesus film that is, on many counts, its diametric opposite, The Last Temptation of Christ. In the final analysis, both films have a puzzling combination of that which is truly impressive and that which doesn't work at all, that which is brutal and that which is, at times, a little dull. It's inspired a stack of new films about the Bible, but so far few have come close to matching its artistry, and it's likely that few will ever be remembered the way that this film is in the years to come. That's all for this month. Thanks for listening. Bye.